Hi, I'm Delene Allen, the networking queen. I love to connect people. There is nothing more wonderful than the human connection. The connection that can lead to incredible things, to love, to business, to make our lives just so much richer, meeting and connecting on a deeper level than, hi, here's my business card but making those human connections that can take you to magical places. Stay tuned for network equals net worth. I wanna hear your stories. I wanna share your stories. So good morning, it's Delene Allen here with the podcast Network Equals Net Worth. We talk about making connections and I love hearing people's stories and I'm excited to introduce you to Jennifer Vincent from Umbrella Career Services. She has 17 years of experience as a recruiter and 11 years as a resume writer, career counselor in a variety of industries, including IT, customer services, IT and engineering, sales and marketing, administrative, and accounting. After working for other companies for many years, she took the leap and started her own business, Umbrella Career Services. She wanted to provide clients with the personalized service that was missing at reasonable prices. Now, almost two years later, her company is thriving. She loves to go to work every day and helping other uh, others overcome their challenges and several people that she has helped that we know call her the person who can find the unicorn the perfect fit for your office and let me tell you she cares about her clients and the people she places there because she knows if it's a happy situation she's done a great job and Jennifer let me tell you if there's one thing that I have have appreciated about you is your kindness, generosity, and always willing to help. So tell us about the Jennifer Vincent from Springdale, Newfoundland. Goodness. Um, well, I'm from Springdale, which is a very small town, 3,000 people at last count. So it was one of those places where, you know, everyone knows everyone and there's no secrets and it's all about community and getting to know each other. So there's not, there wasn't a lot of activities to do. So it was, there was a lot of volunteering. There's a lot of community events, that kind of stuff. So it really makes you feel like family. Exactly. Well, and, and I think one of the advantages of growing up in a smaller community, cause I did, was that talking to people that you didn't know very well wasn't all that uncomfortable. And then of course, having, you know, leaders in the community, like your parents, tell us what a walk with your folks to the grocery store meant. Um, it wasn't a short one. It was the, when the, we left the house, it would be, oh, we just had to run downtown, you know, two minute drive, get down there, pick up whatever we wanted and come home and guaranteed they'd see five people in the small grocery store that they knew. And it was halfway through the aisle, stop. Oh, how's your mother? How's it going? What's happening here? How are you feeling? Then, oh, okay, we have to get going. And then it was, you'd get to the next aisle and rinse, repeat. So exactly. it's usually an hour trip rather than a five to 10 minute by the time we got out, but you caught up on everything. 
Exactly. It's always at the gossip mill of a small town. <laughs> well, but from an early age, you saw that people interacting with other people was kind of normal and not fearful. You know, again, yeah. when you live in a small community, I'm, I'm sure your parents still said, don't talk to strangers. But the great part was most of them weren't really strangers. No, which, they were teachers or doctors yeah, that my yeah. parents worked with or yeah. someone. Yeah, and, people that have known me since I've been five. They're kind of, you know, they're more friends than they are exactly like strangers. So, yeah. So even if you're perhaps a little on the shy side, I think you come out of your shell a little bit more when you're around comfortable situations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so um, tell us about your older sister and where she went to university. Uh, my sister went to Acadia as well. She was there first, so um, we thought, both decided to go from small town to small town. And the nice part about it was because I followed her, then she introduced me to the town, she introduced me to the school, to the residents, to all that kind of stuff. So it, again, it was a comfortable transition for me. Um, when she left, though, she went off and decided to start her own business. So she's done everything from opened a business center in St. John, New Brunswick to jungle gyms and Amerispec home inspections in Fredericton. So yeah, it's kind of, if I have any questions, I know who to call exactly. helps on that side. Well, and, and certainly challenging enough to move to a new town, but since she'd been there and made that transition comfortable, yeah. even if you just find one friend, it's amazing how that network can start. And you said you kind of got adopted by uh, a friend of your sister's as well. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, her name was Michelle. She uh, lived about 15 minutes from my hometown, went to high school with my sister. So I knew her, but you know, she wasn't my friend because I was a young kid and it was, you know, but when uh, I went to Acadia, she stayed in Wolfville. So she was there working and had graduated when I started my first year. So she adopted me as her little sister. She introduced me to everyone that she knew. She was there if I needed anyone, um, advice, transportation to the airport, whatever. But it was great to have that connection from someone from home oh, yeah. and someone that was involved in the community. So I got to meet a lot of the people through her as well. Yeah. And, and certainly when you are new to a place, that's a wonderful idea on how to make some connections. I was yeah. talking to somebody not too long ago and uh, she was military and she, she traveled a lot, like more than most military families. And she said, I make a friend the first day or I figure I'm not gonna make a friend. And to have to step out of your comfort zone enough to do that, yeah. you know, we know is challenging enough, but there's nothing like a couple of connections to make you feel like, okay, I can do this. You know, there's yeah. nothing like, yeah. And, and it was likely, um, stepping out of your comfort zone and, and starting your business, which we'll talk a little bit about later. But for people, especially let's say where you work with people in resume writing and applying for and, and going through the interview process, what are some tips that you can make that somebody can kind of make that human connection that takes the conversation to a little deeper level? Um, in terms of when they're having their actual interviews, uh, well, one thing that I've always done personally, um, and I try to recommend is on top of, you know, knowing who you're going to be talking to, doing a little bit of research before you go in, learn something about them. 
find them on Facebook, see what their interests are. And if you can find that common ground and be able to have that communication with them, then things just get relaxed. And then it becomes more of a conversation. Because when you go into an interview, they are inter interviewing you for a job, obviously. But at the same time, it's a two-way street. You're interviewing them to see if you are able to connect with them, if you would be comfortable working with their company. So the way that we do that is simply by having that conversation rather than someone sitting there nervous and uncomfortable and just asking them, them questions. Yeah. That would be the biggest tip is to always remember that, that it's a two-way street. You're interviewing them as much as they are you. So see if you're comfortable, find that common ground. Exactly. And really in any type of networking, right? And I oh, think absolutely. You yeah, you said something important. Do that little bit of research. See yeah. if there is something in common. Because if it, the easier the conversation flows, the greater the odds are of you'll decide if you like each other enough to do mm -hmm. something like work with each other. Yeah. Exactly. So what did you study at Acadia and what drew you to the human resources industry? I studied psychology, actually. Um, I had initially planned on, I wanted to work with kids. Went to psych university got my psychology degree realized that I don't think I could handle it in terms of emotionally I'd get too emotionally invested but I learned a lot about how people um their minds work and how they think and how they interact with each other so I was able to take that and and move it and transfer it so I kind of fell into being um in HR and into recruitment but I was able to take those skills that I have from Acadia and bring them into the interaction. So when you combine the knowledge of psychology and how people's minds work and interact, plus growing up in small town Newfoundland where, you know, I could talk to anyone with the passion of wanting to help people, it was just a really good fit yeah. to put it all together. Well, and, and again, you seem to take the human resources aspect really to a deeper level, because um, again, you've helped several people we know um, find help. Yeah. But, uh, I know one, one person I know said, it was like this person had worked here forever, that it was just such a great fit. And so I, yeah. I think one of the things that, that you add such value to Jennifer Umbrella Career Services is again, the human connection aspect Mm -hmm. of what you do yeah yeah because so, I try to figure out the type of personality that's going to fit in with the existing team the type of cultures that they're going to be comfortable working in you don't want to put a quiet person in a crazy loud environment because no one's going to be happy and then I'm not going to be happy because I'm going to have to replace them yeah so there's no winners in that type of situation so it makes more sense that's why when I do my recruitment I always do a phone conversation as well as a face-to-face -face right now video call but if I can go have a coffee with someone just to see how they interact with people find out what their personality is where they're comfortable where they're going to thrive where they're not because a person could have every skill that a client is looking for but if they have the wrong personality it doesn't matter exactly yeah you got it you got it um 
Wonderlust Travel. Yes, we will travel again. Kathy Blois, travel designer and owner, owner um, Wonderlust Excursions, breathing life into your travel dreams. Travel designer and owner Kathy Blois provides personal, unique, creative travel itineraries developed just for you by asking what is your imagine, then taking your answers, wishes, combining them with professional skills and experience to create your one-of-a-kind holiday. Kathy specializes in group arrangements for small, medium, or large groups, including private groups, organizations, weddings, family, multi-generational, vacations, to name just a few. As well, Kathy hosts group tours to exciting destinations such as New York, Europe, and beyond. Follow Wonderlust Excursions to learn more. Wonderlustexcursions.ca. Take the voyage, live the dream. So we're back now, Jennifer. So you went to Acadia, you left Newfoundland, and then and then you had some travel uh, travel experience. Tell us about that. Oh my goodness. Well, I kept moving away from the East Coast instead of toward the East Coast, unfortunately. Um, I moved on and lived in a couple places, three actually, in New, in New Brunswick. Um, did everything from uh, insurance sales to IT support. And then I went back to school and then I fell into, moved to Quebec for a little bit. And I actually worked as a technical writer, which I was able to use, again, some of my psychology and that kind of thing. And then I moved to Ottawa and fell into recruitment while I was there and was there for 10 years until I moved back east. So, yeah, I've done the big city. I've done the small town. And now Halifax is my happy medium in between the two. So. Well, and close enough to home. So, and, and back in the Maritimes, and we're glad you're here because we need more businesses here. So what made you finally decide to take that huge plunge to go out on your own? Um, frustration, honestly. It was, I worked for small and large uh, staffing agencies for 15, 16 years. And it always bothered me that when someone would call in looking for a candidate, the recruiters were expected to throw things at the wall and see what stuck. There was, there was never any real communication. There was never any real understanding of who was gonna be that good fit. It was, okay, we have this job, you need to get them 15 uh, candidates by Friday and you just, anything and everything you would throw at them. So there really wasn't that clear communication and you never really got that really good fit and it always bothered me because they would do that and they would charge a fortune and you never no one was really happy in that equation so I wanted to provide that personalized service I saw what was being done I knew what I could do and the cost that I could charge for it so i Decided to put the two together and of course I've been doing people's resumes and career counseling and interview prep as well as a freelancer on the side so they all just fit together exactly so I decided to do that and of course then trying to figure out a name for the company was well <laughs> what are we going to call it 
and there was a lot of names, but we finally figured out all of those services fall under one umbrella. I love your date. So it just kind of came together. And then I wanted to make sure that it was clear that, you know, it was a, a professional woman led business. And of course, then my, God, how old was she then? Seven year old decided that, oh, well, it has to be pink, mama. You can't have any other color. It has to be pink. So hence the pink in the logo name. But yeah, I just hit the ground running, went through the SEB program and I've been growing ever since. Like it's crazy. Even with this pandemic, I slowed down for one week. And that was last year. So Wow. And then the other thing that I love about what you've helped me with is, and I'll speak to anybody here, if you're looking to make connections, what do the profiles say about you on all of your social media links? And so one of the things that impressed me, Jennifer, is you, you take that, the, the LinkedIn one could be a mile long, yeah. um, the Twitter has to be small, something else in between. But yeah. it, it's like you have this magical way about yourself with words that you can articulate that concisely, precisely, small, or when you get to expand. So I'm telling everybody who's listening to this, if you haven't updated your LinkedIn profile, all of your social media platforms, that's the sort of thing that Jennifer can help you with. Because most of us, yeah, well, we don't want to brag about ourselves, but you have the ability to put it in a way that that you do get across that you've achieved some things. Want to share some tips on that too? Um. The trick in your social media profiles and how you put them is you've got to figure out what the key meaning of what you're trying to get across is. You can say something in a hundred words and you can say something in 25 words. It's, you need to focus on the feeling and the emotion and the overall meaning of what you want to contribute and who you are. And if you don't need all the fluff, it's nice to have the fluff, which is what you get on LinkedIn because LinkedIn, they do searches. So, you know, recruiters use it. Um, so you want your keywords and your phrases and, and that kind of stuff. But Instagram and um, I don't even know TikTok. I haven't done TikTok. Um, but all the other social media platforms, they want you to go, me. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of that. There's a lot of condensing words. There's a lot of um, just making sure the overall feel is there. You can take words out like small fill in the blank words um, and still get the meaning across. And of course, then you've got your, your shorthands and all the things that people know, like management is MG&T. So you, you shrink it, but you still get the point across. So, I mean, I think you and I sat down and did it at a coffee shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were, yeah. Right. Brilliant. And we sat down and we went through it. So it can, you know, depending on how much information you want, it can take a few minutes because you really got to think about it. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely doable. You can get that same feeling, that same meaning and what you want to say across, no matter how many words you want. And because of, let's say, current COVID restrictions, that our online profiles are are really so important, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's, that's how people get to know who you are right now I mean even with these video calls there's so much more important than just I mean obviously it's great to pick up the phone and call someone but when you can see them 
and you can interact with them more, it makes a huge difference. And, you know, I joke around with people doing video interviews now, you know, make sure you look professional from the waist up. You can wear your PJs, but just make sure that you have something on and don't stand up while you're yeah, doing exactly. the interview. Because <laughs> yeah, that yeah. can be a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, but, just, yeah just a little. <laughs> you know, but that's why you still want to come across. Your profiles still have to show that you're professional, that you know what you're doing, that you're interested in working with these people or even just, you know, having a conversation. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that you really did help me with, and this is why I'd recommend people consider going to somebody else, of course, Jennifer from Umbrella Career Services, I'll recommend. But your profile, when you try to do it, as opposed to somebody else taking the information and mm. putting it together, third party or whatever, is a whole mm. lot, whole lot again. Um, number one, easier, faster. Jennifer's prices are fantastic, but more important, if you're going to have a profile, you want it to be something that helps start that that connection yes. that can lead yeah. to some business happening, right? Or some yeah. referrals or whatever we could do to do that. And yeah. so any suggestions for people trying to make connections, looking for career opportunities, or just looking for business referrals online? What are some suggestions, Jennifer, that, I mean, your social media is dynamite what you do. And I, I mean, reach out, honestly. Don't be scared to just reach out to someone blindly. But if you're doing it on LinkedIn, make sure you put a little personal note because there is an area to do that. And if you just blindly send connect requests, the chances of being accepted are really not as high. But if you put that personal note, you want to learn more about their business. You want to see if there's an opportunity for you to work together, anything like that. And if you have your own professional profile set up, then you're much more likely to get that interaction. And I mean, you're right. People don't like to talk about themselves. They don't. And I've had time and time again, whether it's their LinkedIn profile, whether it's their resumes, that people come to me and they say, I just can't talk about myself. I don't know how to describe what I've done, how I do it, what sets me apart. I can't do it. They're like, I, th I haven't done anything. That's what they say to me. I haven't done anything. Oh, really? I'm like, well, you worked here. Did you save any money? Did you save time? Did you improve processes? Did you do this? Did you do that? Well, yeah, but that was just my job. I guess, but it's quantifiable. <laughs> exactly. That's different. Yeah. yeah. But if I didn't ask those questions, then they don't think about that. And that's part of, you know, career counseling is I don't do career counseling as I'm sitting here talking at you. I do career counseling. It's a brainstorming session. It's a conversation back and forth. And I'll ask questions that get you thinking. And that's when you're like, oh, yeah, I did do that. I forgot that I did that. And then, of course, automatically update. Don't wait a year and say, I'm going to do it in a year because you're going to forget what you did. You're going to forget numbers. You're going to forget what you did, how you did it, what the results were, all of that. So do it as you accomplish it and then you're good to go. Well, and those are great things to add. 
so that when you add it to your profile, you make sure that they share it on LinkedIn and you never know who that person is going to connect with. Absolutely. Yeah. So somebody a long time ago who built a million dollar business sitting at home on LinkedIn, reaching out to one person a day, yep. looking at a person's profile, seeing if they could find some human connection. Maybe they, they had the same interest and he would start a conversation. Yep. And let me tell you, the man is certainly not only a brilliant businessman, but that's how he grew his business. And this was before COVID. He used to say, why would I want to go to a networking event? I could do this all at home. Okay. Yep. And, and so now more and more, we need to learn these different ways to keep filling not only, let's say, a sales funnel, but to me, your network, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason I call this podcast Network Equals Net Worth, not so much about, yes, certainly making an income is very important. I I rank money up with oxygen, but that's not the only thing that really our lives are all about. That your network, to me, is your is priceless. It is those human relationships yes. that enhance our everyday lives mm-hmm. that can make such an impact. And every every new person we we connect with, it's like another opportunity. But it you is are another. It is yeah. right. It is another opportunity. It's like I cannot wait until we're able for us when we do our BNI meetings that we get to meet face to face again because it's such a different atmosphere. You get to have chit chat conversation and then, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're not going to shut up just so you know, when we finally do get back together, <laughs> at least now on, on Zoom, you can be like, okay, next slide. But once we're there, it's different and it's huge because the face to face in the same place type of conversations, that's when relationships are built. They really are. And it does, it makes a huge difference. I mean, I live in my office <laughs> I live here with my like now 10 year old and uh like I miss people I do especially but, since this last lockdown I do I miss I them know. well and here's the other part you know I want to reach out give you a big hug because I haven't seen you in so long um but the, the important part is thank goodness we have this platform yes. which is better than not at all we'll never never yeah replace face-to-face but what would we do if we did not have this right now like we'd lose our minds yeah, yeah really yeah we really would without that interaction so i mean and i you know right now we have one person that's allowed to go do go into stores and stuff i don't even get to do that yeah like yeah. literally i'm sitting here stuck <laughs> it sucks it sucks but and the, there's always jokes going around right that once all this is over that everyone's just going to go around hugging everyone yeah. because they haven't seen them. I actually don't know how people are going to react. Yeah. Because yeah. we're so used to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it, it, it'll come back. It will come back. Yes. Will, and yeah. um, so, Jennifer, pleasure talking to you. If you had any last minute networking advice to people, what, what would you share? Um, I would say uh, the key thing that I would say with anything to do with networking is take the leap. I mean, I am not someone that likes speaking publicly in front of large groups. And uh, BNI specifically has forced me to do that. So I'm getting better at it. But more than once, even when we're in face-to-face in groups, even though you're nervous, even though you're not sure, approach 
some people. And even if you just stand off to the side at the beginning and just listen and see what they're talking about and take it all in, then you can contribute. They're not expecting you to lead with your business card. Don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> Don't lead with your business card. Don't talk all about you because people want to talk about themselves. You want to learn about them, then they're going to ask you about you. And you can talk about your kids. You can talk about where you're from. You can talk about anything. And you may not even talk about businesses for, you know, four or five times down the road when you actually meet each other. It's that relationship. That's what's important. Yeah. So take the leap. Yeah. It's scary. I agree. I usually forget my own name when I'm in front of crowds. So it is, but it's worth it. That oh. new connection is worth it. Well, and, and again, think of all the people that in the past couple of years through your, your networking group, yeah, they're more than friends, aren't they? More, more oh, yeah. than typical business relationships that, that when you yeah. get to know, like, and trust people, yeah. magic happens, the teamwork well, spirit. Yeah, because if someone trusts you, then they're going to refer you. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's just how it works. And I mean, our group, I've been a part of our group now for since when I started my business, I think you, you got yep. me to come when I first did that. And I'm more friends with the people in the group now than I, I know what they do and I'll Perfect. refer them for business, but I don't think of them as business connections. I yeah. think of them more as friends than I do. Business exactly. And I mean, both Curtis and I look forward to it yeah. every, every single week. So I do need to get a, a Curtis hat so that I can, <laughs> you know, when I'm subbing it for them, but you know, for now, this is where we're at, right? So yeah. We're making the best of it and moving forward. So network equals network. Thanks for listening. I'd love to share your story. Thanks so much for listening. What'd you like best about today's conversations and the connections that lead to miraculous outcomes. Leave a review. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to share your story too. So why not touch base with Delene Allen on Instagram and we'll keep the conversations going.